What's up, AGP fam? It is your host with the most, Ricky Gray Jr., and this week, I'm going to be taking a look at the final four, making some picks on those games. Moving on, Zion and co. kind of let me down, so I'm going to try to touch on that without tearing up. Last but not least, I will be looking at some Vegas lines to build a solid ticket and win you some cash. Remember to rate and review all good points on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Ricky Gray Jr., and this is All Good Points. Now let's get to it. Okay, so the first thing that we've got to talk about, obviously, clearly, the only thing that matters right now, besides me being wrong, is the Final Four. Okay, so coming up first, we've got Auburn versus Virginia. I don't know why it was hard for me to say Virginia right there. Don't, you know what? Don't, okay? Don't even, all right? We just started the show, so I don't even want to hear it right now. Virginia. Auburn versus Virginia. Now, here's the thing. At the beginning of March Madness, I would have easily taken Virginia in this game. Um, not only because they were a one seed coming in, um, but because I personally felt that they had a much stronger team. Now, here's the thing. Virginia has kind of scraped by through this tournament. They barely beat Purdue and barely beat Oregon, so it doesn't really give me a whole lot of confidence them considering who they're playing. Now, Auburn has beat some serious team. Auburn has beat Kansas, uh, the University of North Carolina, and they beat Kentucky. So when you're gauging who's played who, you're like, okay, well, let's talk about like the top teams in the country. If you're talking about top teams in the country, 90% of you are going to come up with Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky. Those are basketball teams. They've always been basketball teams. One of the main reasons why they're good basketball teams is because they're not known for their football programs. If you can tell me right now, anybody that's played for Kansas, UNC, or Kentucky, their football, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Just Random trivia. If you guys know this, email me, DM me on Instagram, either way. Um, But they have very, very strong basketball programs. Now, what I'm saying there is that Auburn has beat those three top tier powerhouses versus Virginia having problems with teams like Purdue and Oregon. That is not to say that Purdue and Oregon aren't good teams. It's just saying that you can't really, like, I can't really have a whole lot of confidence in them considering the fact that they haven't really played anybody like UNC or Kentucky. Um, And if I had to like, if I had to pick between Virginia or UNC, if if we were picking who was going to win, I would pick UNC. So right now, like I have to kind of lean towards Auburn, which I mean, I didn't necessarily think I'd ever be doing when it came to this final four, because I didn't really even think Auburn was going to make it all the way this far, but they proved me wrong. Um, So at this point, what I've been reading a lot about them is their grit and their determination and the way that they the way that they compensate for maybe point scoring with uh, basketball intelligence and um, high pressure. And that's that's really what I've picked up from Auburn. But what what I'm going to do first is go over a couple of keys to a win for Virginia, which Virginia wants to uh, obviously every team wants to win these games, but Virginia needs a staple win to go in with a lot of confidence. If they scrape by in this game and just barely get in to go on to, you know, the um the last game, the championship, if they barely skate in, that confidence isn't going to be very high. So they need like a strong strong a strong game to get that confidence going and get that boost going. Right. So keys for a win. Um, Number one for me, don't get into a score fest with Auburn. I think they need to play a defensive minded pressure game. They need to be able to 
outpress Auburn. They need to put the pressure on Auburn, get a bigger lead early, get a get a solid solid sizable lead early and put the pressure on Auburn to make a comeback. The thing is about putting pressure on a team is that you literally cannot let up. That's number 1. Number 1 thing you cannot let up. If you're going to put that pressure on them, you better be able to um to sustain that amount of pressure the whole entire time, okay? Uh, number two, got to knock down open shots. They need a very big game from Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. They need big games from those two guys. They need to be able to knock down open shots, uh, make sure that any possible chance to score, they score. I'm talking offensive rebounds, right? You have to be able to pick up offensive rebounds, get extra chances to score. That's going to be your biggest thing against Auburn. Now, on... The opposite side, or actually I have one more point for them, um, force Auburn to the perimeter. Now they're shooting 37.6 from three. That's their average. Their season average is 37.6. Um, that's not bad. I'm not saying that that's bad or anything like that. The only thing that I'm saying is that if you can outshoot them or pressure them to where they can really only shoot threes, you're not giving them easy buckets. That's the only thing that I'm saying there. Force them to, to the perimeter. Uh, make them take those shots. Make them take those longer shots. Maybe even maybe even long twos. Because the the interesting thing is sometimes you'll get like this weird kind of like um there's it's it's kind of like I'm losing the word for it. But when it comes to shooting a three versus shooting a long two, like your perception kind of gets changed. So you might shoot the ball a little bit harder considering where you're shooting from. Not a lot of people practice a long just inside the three point line along two, right? A lot of times people practice threes, high keys, and then basically low, uh, low post. Um, so a lot of times those mid range shots kind of get like left out. Um, so if you force them to the perimeter, try to make them shoot more difficult shots, there's a chance that, uh, Virginia can get a solid win here. Now on the opposite side, talking about Auburn, um, Auburn really just needs to do a couple of things. One play to their strengths. They have to be aggressive and gritty, push the pace as much as they can, uh, get Virginia backing up. That's really what you have to do. You got to get Virginia's back against the wall. Number two, um, keep that same energy that they have through the last couple of games or the last three games. Like they're in the final four for a reason. They're in the final four because they beat big people. They beat Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky. You can't stop now. You have to keep that same energy because if you don't bring that same energy, you know, Virginia's going to be the one to pull out this game. So the only thing that I really want to see from Auburn is keeping that energy up, playing to their strengths, being aggressive, being gritty, pushing that pace. All right. So now we're going to talk about the next game. All right, guys. So next up, we've got Texas Tech versus Michigan State. All right. Now, both of these teams are riding a serious, serious high. MSU coming off beating, you know, Minnesota, LSU, and then, you know, you know Duke. Um, yeah, Duke. Um, <clears throat> yeah, don't worry about that, though. Uh, Texas Tech coming off beating uh, Buffalo, Michigan, and Gonzaga. Uh, just two powerhouse teams. And then Buffalo is actually a really, really good team, too. But um, either way, there's, uh, there's kind of like a weird kind of parallel between teams because they're almost identical except for experience um when and when i say experience i don't mean experience of the players because obviously they've pretty much all got the same amount of time i'm talking about experiences uh experience when it comes to um coaching um michigan state has the edge there because tom Izzo, this is his eighth trip um 
So he's very, very used to this kind of setting, whereas Texas Tech, not really. They're just not necessarily used to this kind of high-pressure situation. That's not to say that Texas Tech doesn't have, like, some positives there. Like, that's they're a very, a very, very good team. You know, they did beat Gonzaga. You know, this isn't, this isn't a team that isn't good, you know, and it is like an any given Sunday kind of deal. I understand that, but they also did beat Michigan. So they're not a bad team. MSU coming off of beating LSU and coming off beating, you know, most recently Duke. That's another thing where it's like MSU has that same kind of energy. It's, there's a lot of common parallels, um, in between these two teams. And I think that's why this is going to be a more fun game to watch than the Auburn-Virginia game. So if I had to pick like between the two, which one I thought was going to be more fun to watch, i definitely say MSU versus Texas Tech. It just seems like with so many similarities between the teams that this could actually end up being a really, really cool game, kind of coming down to the wire or something like that, last shot, something crazy, you know. Um, but I do see this game as being very, very competitive. Uh, keys for Texas Tech to win, right? Their defense needs to shut down Cassius Winston. We're going to go over Cassius Winston's stats in a second. The The whole thing that I want to bring up is that Texas Tech's number one priority needs to be shutting down Cassius. Okay. Um, so along with that, um, along with that, Number one, strong defensive presence. Uh, that's huge. That's going to be really, really huge for them. They held Gonzaga to 69 points. Their average is uh, 59 points against. So, you know, Gonzaga is a good offensive team. So that's the reason why they were able to score 10 more points. But that's neither here nor there. They did keep Gonzaga to 69 points. So, number one, defense. It's really, for me, for Texas Tech to win this game, they just need defense. Also, a big game from Jarrett Culver will help. Okay. Definitely something that they need to do. Now, keys for Michigan State, okay? Cassius Winston. This is like my number one key for Texas Tech to win is to shut down Cassius Winston. My number one key for Michigan State to win is to get Cassius going early. Now, he only averages 18.9 points per game, but here's the crazy thing. He averages 7.6 assists per game. He is creating opportunity. Now, one of the things that I've touched on when it comes to basketball, but we haven't had too many basketball episodes. Um, but in the ones that we've had, one of the biggest things that I've always admired was somebody that could create opportunities. It's basically like being a quarterback, except you're playing basketball. Okay. An assist is essentially throwing a touchdown, right? Because you pass and somebody else scores. That's, that's the way that it goes. But in what you're doing, you're creating opportunities for your team to score. Now, one of the other things that they do as a defense, if you're trying to stop somebody that has a lot of assists is, you know, they play tighter defense on everybody else. Maybe they switch away from his own defense, go to man. Well, that opens up the pick and roll and things like that. But that also opens Cassius to be one-on-one -on -one with somebody. And if he's one-on-one -on -one with somebody, he also knows that he can score in that sense. He's, he's a very, very incredible uh, ball player. Okay, so he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in this game. Jarrett Culver, him, him and Jarrett Culver, that's going to be two key players to watch through this whole game. Um, another key for Michigan State is going to be playing the perimeter game. Michigan shoots 38.3% from three. That's pretty solid. Okay, that's a pretty solid shot. Um, number uh, number three, though, is rebounds. You know, they're going to have to rebound the ball a lot. That's the, that's, 
that's like number one way not only to stop people from scoring because you're getting defensive rebounds, but to create more scoring opportunities to get offensive rebounds. That's the way that that works. Now, guys, I've got to thank a sponsor real quick. I'll be right back, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, disappointing Duke. Allow me to paint a quick picture for you. You're getting ready to head out to the gym. You've got your pre-workout ready. You've got your protein sitting there, but uh uh-oh, you don't have a gym shaker. I've got a solution for you. Hit up gymshakers.ca, enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping so you can get some of the coolest shakers that are out there on the market. Remember, gymshakers.ca, promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping. Now, I'm just saying, you don't want to look like the guy that's got the water bottle with the pre-workout, all right? You got to look legit. That's why you need a gym shaker. So go to gymshakers.ca, enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout so you can get shaken, baby. You got to be shaken. You got to shake it all the time, all right? Let's get back to the show. Okay, guys. So last but not least, let's take a look at some of these bets and some of the lines in the final four. And let's make some picks, okay? So Virginia versus Auburn. Uh, first thing you got to know, the over-under is sitting at 131 right now. Uh, UVA is minus five and a half. Here's the thing, Virginia's 25-11 and 11 against the spread. They allow about 57.8 points per game. Um, and that's like a real key for me, okay? This is why I'm going to take Auburn plus the 5.5 and, and the over. Now, I told you why I wasn't going to pick Virginia to win this game earlier in the episode. So that kind of already tells me that it's better for me to just take Auburn plus the 5.5 and I'll actually take the under in, or sorry, take the over in this one. Um, mainly just because that's the way that I see it going. I kind of see Auburn scoring more points than expected, um, even with Virginia only are only allowing uh, fifty-seven point eight points per game. I do see Auburn kind of like going kind of out of their way with that. So. Final score prediction, I'm taking Auburn 79, UVA 77. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do think Auburn's going to win. Um, Texas Tech versus Michigan State, over and under, or the over, under, I should space that out a little bit better, is uh, 132.5, and MSU is minus 2.5, okay? So Michigan State is 27-11 and 11 against the spread. Texas Tech is 19-16-1 and 1 against the spread. Uh, Texas Tech allows 57 points per game. Just kind of due to the tough defenses in this game, though, I'm gonna have to uh, gonna have to say Michigan State minus two and a half, and I'd actually take the under. Final score prediction: sixty-eight to sixty-three MSU. So if you guys you know can pick up on what I'm saying here, it's gonna be Michigan State versus Auburn in the last game for the championship. I kind of want to take Auburn, honestly. I'm kind of leaning towards Auburn in that one. But that is it for this week. Make sure that you rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow the Instagram at All Good Points Podcast. I'm going to be dropping the merch store soon. You can find me on Twitch at It's Game Over 702. I just want to say thank you. Share this with your friends. Talk to your homies. Email me. DM me. Talk to me. Whatever you guys want to do. I will see you guys next week. You guys have a wonderful sports weekend. Good luck to Auburn. Good luck to Michigan State. Signing off. Later, guys. Okay. So I know why you pressed play on the episode. You saw that I said that I was wrong in in the teaser or something like that. So you wanted to listen up until this point, right? You wanted to listen to me say that I was wrong about Duke. And I'm not crying, okay? 
I'm kind of crying. Maybe there's tears coming out. You don't know. You don't know. This isn't a video. This is just my voice. And you can't tell whether or not I'm crying. Okay? But here's the thing. I wasn't 100% all wrong, right? Zion played great. RJ struggled a little bit. But Duke had a huge bullseye on them the whole time. And teams honestly came ready to dethrone them. That's really what it was. It's um, it's basically like the Patriots dilemma. You know what I mean? Like when the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl and everybody was like, how did they do that? How did the Patriots lose? Well, the Patriots have a huge, you know, bullseye on their back. There's a big target on them. And that's the same thing with Duke. Duke came into the, the March Madness, you know, madness and uh, literally was just getting gunned for. Like everybody was gunning to be the team that took Duke down and it ended up being Michigan State. They only lost to Michigan State by one. So I'm not necessarily too upset with that. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent wrong. I don't think that that's I don't I don't think that I need to be prosecuted for being wrong. Okay. It happens. It's gonna happen. It might happen again. Probably not. But neither here nor there. Uh real quick, I just want to say Zion did have a double double in that. Twenty four points, fourteen rebounds. Just saying, right? Okay. Duke shot better from three. They shot at 33%. They out-rebounded MSU 42-31. to The problem is Duke turned the ball over 17 times. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care how great of a team you are. I don't care how great of players you have. If you turn the ball over <clears throat> 17 times, you are, uh, you're going to lose that game. There's really no logical way that you wouldn't lose that game. Now, there's a lot of different theories going around, you know, as far as Zion's head wasn't in it or RJ was playing bad the whole tournament or, you know, Duke should have lost a lot earlier. And I've heard I've heard everything because I'm, you know, a big Duke advocator. Um, so I've heard a lot of different things. One, no, Zion's head wasn't anywhere else. The guy had a double double in a game that he lost. OK, that's a that's a James Harden stat. Having a double, or sorry, that's a Russell Westbrook stat. Having a double double and still losing, right? Um, doesn't mean that Russ isn't in the game. Just like it doesn't mean that Zion wasn't in the game. It's just turning the ball over seventeen times as a team is not a way to win a game. And that's what that's really what bit them in the ass. So if you think about it, right? So seventeen turnovers in a game, and they only lost by one. Imagine if you know seven of those turnovers didn't happen. 10 turnovers is still a lot for a game. But if seven of them didn't happen, right, that's seven less opportunities for Michigan to score points. So that all translates. It's it's all numbers, right? All of these numbers translate to different things. And the fact that they turned over the ball that many times is really what equated to them losing by one. Is Duke still one of the strongest teams that we've ever seen in college basketball? Yes, that doesn't change anything. Is RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, all NBA ready basketball players right now, currently, as of tonight. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. Are they still do I still feel like they're the most NBA ready team? Yes, a hundred percent. Nobody else even in the tournament right now. No matter who ends up cutting down the net at the end of all this, no matter any of that, none of those teams are as NBA ready as Duke. That's just a fact, okay? I get it. They lost a game. Everybody loses, okay? Patriots have lost, right? The Yankees have lost. All the greatest lose. And Duke just lost this, lost this time. Um, 
was it kind of unfortunate because like the last thing that I wanted to do was, you know, have, have picked Duke from the beginning and Duke ends up winning. Yeah, of course, man. Like you, you always want to be right about something, but at the end of the day, the stats won't lie. And when I looked back at it, even with them out rebounding and shooting better from three, you know, that turnover, that turnover margin is big. That's a big turnover margin. And you can't have those in successfully win games. Another thing that I've kind of like heard was that Zion's kind of considering returning for a sophomore year. I think there's a contingency thing, right? So say Cam and RJ both decide that they want to return. If they both decided that, then I would say maybe Zion would say, you know what, I'll go ahead and return too. Maybe. At the same time, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Um, I think RJ is ready to kind of just, you know, move on and go into the NBA. I do think Trey Jones is uh, maybe going to consider entering the NBA draft, but he actually might consider playing another year at Duke. So maybe he gets a little bit more uh, spotlight. Um, Cam, there's a chance I would say that Cam would return to Duke to play with Trey. But I do think Zion and RJ are leaving. Um, that's just kind of like my thought, guys. Like that's that's not necessarily. It's not like I talked to them or anything like that to where I'd actually know what they're thinking or what they plan on doing. Uh, it's just kind of like a logistic thing, right? Zion's got all of this hype behind him, um, and I know he loves Duke basketball because of you know them saying like when he when he got hurt when that shoe ripped on him and they were like, oh, you should just sit out. You're going to go into the NBA draft anyways. And he was like, no, I want to play basketball for Duke. Like. Zion is dedicated to whoever he plays for. That's another thing that I'm not necessarily worried about with him is like his loyalties once he gets to a team. I think he want, once he gets to a team, um, he's going to be very dedicated to that team, even if he goes to the Knicks, because I think the Knicks are going to spend the money to bring people around him, bring big people around him, you know, big a, a, a big draw like he'll. The Knicks will spend the money to get the bigger players so Zion will be like playing at Duke all over again. You know, maybe they'll still be like a less favored team in certain scenarios. But at the end of the day, I think New York is going to be kind of like the place where if he does go there, they're going to be willing to spend the money to, you know, do what they can to make him comfortable. Um, same thing with RJ. Like, I think RJ is actually going to end up somewhere like maybe Phoenix um, playing with Devin Booker or something like that, even though I think Devin just asked for uh, a trade or to be released or something like that, which is scary. Like it's got to suck to be, this is completely off topic, but guys, but I'm just going to talk about it real quick. It's got to suck to be a team. That's not great. And, um, you know, you have players constantly asking to be released, uh, because right now the whole, the whole league, almost every league is player centered. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be, um, but at the same time, they're not necessarily giving anywhere a chance to build anything around them. D book hasn't been in the league for that long, you know, and we're coming up on a lottery and there's a chance Phoenix gets a, gets a low pick and they could pair him with somebody like RJ, right. To kind of build that team up and make something out of it to, you know, kind of bolster them into a, into a playoff spot or even like a title run, depending on what happens with golden state. Like the, the thing about it is no matter where they went, they're still going to have to beat Golden Like you, you have to beat Golden State. And I don't see you beating Golden State when Steph, Clay, and KD are all there. I don't think you can do it. Like, and I get like the, the conversation is, well, LeBron did it. Okay. But that's LeBron. Like, it's like, <laughs> you can't, you can't ask other teams to do that. Look at Philly. Okay. Philly's got Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, um, Joel Embiid. Do, do I think that Philly has a chance of beating Golden State? 
in a seven game series? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So moving on, you know, it's, it's tough that Duke lost, but at the end of the day, I do think something positive is going to come from it. Um, I do think we're going to see Zion and RJ as like two of the more dominant people entering the league this year. And maybe some names that get mentioned quite a bit uh, when the season starts next year. So, or when it starts next season after, um, after basketball season rolls back around again. Uh, So yeah, it was a tough loss. Uh, They lost to MSU. They lost to the better team that day. And I am excited to see MSU play Texas Tech. I'm going to be tuning in for that game, probably keep you guys updated. So what we're going to do is talk about some lines, try to make some bets and uh, get some picks going, guys.